0: Active
1: FM presents Food for Thought with Pastor Kevin and Pastor Vicky
0: better.
1: If you can repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to speak to my life, that you'd minister to my heart. That your word would be revealed to me today in a way that i would understand it so that i can declare it and do it and therefore see it change my life i pray this in jesus name amen so we're continuing with our series the secret to a life of miracles and last week we spoke about what is the most important thing in my life and today we're continuing from the same passage that jesus spoke of but the question that we're asking today is are you afraid to lose it all before i go back to the passage from matthew chapter 16 that we read last week i wanted to just share you know a few thoughts on the whole illness that has taken place over the past um well since january 2020 and um in january 2020 right at the beginning of the year, it was in the first week of the year, it may even have been the 31st of December 2019, I heard about this strange illness that had broken out in China. And um, then in the second week of January, uh, I heard a report which said that a medical journal called The Lancet was talking about this illness that was breaking out in China and that the death rate was 17%. Then on the 14th of January, the World Health Organization put out a tweet <clears throat> and said that there is no evidence of human-to-human transmission you know, of, of this virus. Although exactly six days later, on the 20th of January, they shut the city down where the outbreak had occurred. So Yahweh were sitting with this illness that is breaking out and is starting to spread around the world. They are saying that 17% of those who get it are going to die. They were also saying that 60% of the world's population was going to get it. And um, already by January, I'd heard reports that sounded credible to me, that, uh, that, that I'd worked it out that between the end of March and the end of April, we were going to get locked down. So to be honest with you, I got quite depressed. This was in January 2020. Anyway, moving forward to March 2020, and obviously the illness was in South Africa, and then a doctor told me that the World Health Organization was saying that 3.4% of those who got this this illness were going to die, and that they said normally 11% of the population gets flu, and that 22% of the population was going to get this illness. So that was 3.4%, but on the 11th of May 2020, the, the Prime Minister of Britain, Boris Johnson, had a press conference with the Minister of Health in Great Britain, and they said that their stats were saying that at worst-case scenario was that 1% of those who got the illness were going to die. Now, I want to tell you that the illness that we're dealing with and the challenge that we're facing is significant. And um, when people get the illness, there are many that get very sick. And then there are some that become critical. And then there are some that die. So, in the natural, the illness is a very significant one. But um, I also want to warn you that this illness is a distraction. Because I want you to realize there are things that are going on in the world right now that are going to seriously cost people a lot of things. And there are evil people that are orchestrating evil things right now under the cover of the illness, under the cover of the fear that people have in terms of getting sick and dying and all of those sorts of things. Now, um, I I also want you to realize that um, the enemy is using this whole illness as a psychological operation that psychologically people have been psyched out and I want to warn you that I know of pastors and I know of people who even last year who were isolating they they hadn't come out from the start of the lockdowns even before the the lockdowns Um, I'm talking about people that were masking up and everything that got the illness and died and I want you to understand I believe in the natural If you are raked with fear, your chances of dying of this illness are significantly more. But the enemy has used this as a psychological operation. And I want you to realize that most of us have probably been affected by the psychological operation. And you might be asking why, and I'll tell you. And I was just writing these notes down before the service. In many of your minds, the church is a super spreader. In other words, the church is the place that you go to, to get sick. I don't know, there's no person that I know, that got COVID at at church. Hospitals, I know a lot of people who went, they went to hospital for something else. Maybe they even took someone else to hospital, and they got COVID. But in your mind, go to church you're going to get sick and i want to ask you right now who won who won i want to also tell you that it's a psychological operation because people there are many people that are begging for their freedom to be stripped from them so that they can get the feeling that they're safe and now i want to ask you why is it And the question I want to ask you is, where are you getting your information from? Are you getting your information from a phone, from a TV network, from social media? Or are you getting your information from one of these things? I don't know if many of you have seen one of these things. It's commonly known to the common man as a Bible. And I want to ask you, where are you getting more information from? From the newspaper, from the media, from social media, from people that are telling you how bad things are, or are you getting your information from this first? If you're getting your information from all of those other sources, you are deceived, Whatever you believe, I don't care whether you're one of those who believe there is no virus or if if you're one of those that believe that um, you get this virus, it's over Red Rover, you're dead as a doornail. In other words, that you've gotten a death sentence. Because that's how many people believe that if you've got this illness, it's a death sentence, it's the end of the world. And I want to tell you that physically it's not if you believe that it's a lie if you believe that there is no virus or that it is nothing, it's a lie the truth is somewhere there in between but even if you believe the truth medically and scientifically and you're accurate you're still deceived because in the back of your mind don't go to church because at church you get sick are you afraid to lose it all I want to ask that again are you afraid to lose it all let's go back to the passage that we read last week matthew 16 21 to 28 and it says from then on jesus began to clearly reveal to his disciples that he was destined to go to jerusalem and suffer injustice from the elders leading priests and religious scholars he also explained that he would be killed and three days later raised to life again peter took him aside privately he reprimanded jesus over and over saying, God forbid, Master, spare yourself. You must never let this happen to you. You must never let yourself get this virus. Stay safe. How can you stop yourself getting a virus in the natural? I mean, if a bullet is flying towards you, how in the natural do you stop it? It's only in the Matrix where they can dodge. You know the movie, The Matrix? There they can dodge bullets. You understand what I'm saying? In real life, that bullet's coming. (laughs) Hopefully it's going to miss. Because if it hits, it hits. So people are saying, God forbid. And Jesus turned to Peter and said, get out of my way, Satan. You are a hindrance to me because your thoughts are only filled with man's viewpoints and not with the ways of God. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if you truly want to follow me, you should at once completely reject and disown your own life. What? What? Yes, that's what Jesus said to Peter. It's what he says to us. And then he says, And you must be willing to share my cross and experience it as your own as you continually surrender to my ways. For if you choose self-sacrifice and lose your lives for my glory, you will continually discover true life. But if you choose to keep your li- your lives for yourselves, you will forfeit what you try to keep. You're trying to keep yourself safe from covid you'll probably die of COVID. And I'm telling you, I have known people that have died of COVID who operated in total fear and isolated themselves. And they died anyway. And I'm, I mean, literal people, if you sit with me after service, I can give you names. And then he says this. For even if you were to gain the wealth and power of this world at the cost of your own life, what good would that be? And what could be more valuable to you than your own soul? I, the Son of Man, will one day return with my messages and in the splendor and majesty of my Father. And then I will reward each person according to what they have done. But I promise you, That there are some standing here right now who won't experience death until they've witnessed the coming of the Son of Man in the presence and the power of the kingdom of the realm of God. So I just want to remind you from last week. Kingdom perspective sees everything through God's plan. And people may be well-meaning. They may be well-meaning. But their viewpoint can be destructive to kingdom purpose. And when our thoughts are filled with man's viewpoints, our thoughts oppose God. Look at Matthew 16, 23b. For you are not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. We spoke then about the blood of redemption. If you need to, you need to go and look at that again. The blood of redemption is all about by his stripes we are healed. So now I want you to think about that which I've spoken about. In terms of the illness. And this is why I want to encourage all of you. You need to watch the situation room. Because if you're watching the news without the word. You are deceived. You are finished. And here is the truth. You're going to go there to Google. Or you're going to go there to whatever. To search out what you think the truth is. And you're going to freak yourself out. And you're going to give glory to a little virus that you can't even see. If you do not surrender yourself to the word of God. You are going to be paralyzed. You are going to be no good to the society around you. You are going to fight with people for no reason. Blaming them for a virus that they had nothing to do with. And here's the key thing that Jesus said. Surrender to the Lord leads to the doorway to eternity. I want to tell you something. The Christians in the Roman Empire got to a point where there was a plague. It was a deadly plague. It was so deadly that if you got it in those days, you 100% died. And there was a time in the history of the Roman Empire where people were fleeing the cities. Because in the cities, people were getting sick and they were dying. And you know what the church did? When everyone else was running out of the city to get away from the sick to save themselves, the church went into the cities at a time when they had been persecuted, at a time when they were being fed to lions. They went into the cities to care of the sick. Some of the sick got well, but some of those Christians lost their life to the very illness They put themselves in harm's way exactly as Jesus had done. And in a very short period thereafter, the impact that those Christians had on the world around them, the love that they showed, where they were even willing to sacrifice their lives for people who persecuted them, caused the Roman Empire to become a Christian empire. Those same Christians would sing hymns when lions were coming out that were about to devour them and it used to freak the people that were feeding them to the lions out. How do these people have this peace when they're about to get eaten by a a lion? That's what happens when people surrender their lives to the Lord. And in Matthew 16, 24 from the New King James, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. I want you to realize this. Jesus is saying deny yourself. But when when you hear that, you need to understand it in context. Because if you deny yourself, you get Jesus. And Jesus is the best thing for you. I want to tell you that Jesus is even better than marriage love. Jesus is the best thing you could ever have. There is no better gift for you to receive than Jesus. Jesus is the source of everything good that can come into your life. How do you get to Jesus? You get to Jesus through the doorway of denying yourself. Once you walk through this doorway... Then you pick up your cross and you begin to follow him. You go where he says you go. You do what he tells you to do. What is your cross? Well, in order to understand what your cross is, in order to understand what it is that Jesus wants you to carry, you need to look at what Jesus carried when he was on the cross. And what did Jesus carry when he was on the cross? He carried our redemption. That's what he was carrying. Our redemption. And so, if we're carrying our cross, what are we carrying? We're carrying the redemption of others. Come on, say amen, somebody. Come on, say hallelujah, somebody. We follow Jesus so that we can get people saved. We follow Jesus so that we can get people healed. We follow Jesus so that we can show them the truth of being the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's why we follow Jesus. We follow Jesus so that if someone is dying... Of this illness or any other illness. We pray that the blood of Jesus will come and be ministered to their bodies. That whatever is causing them to be sick will be destroyed by the blood of Jesus. And that by the stripes of Jesus they will be healed. Amen. I want you to understand that we're supposed to go out with that boldness. But you're only going to be bold like that if you've surrendered your life to Jesus. And if you've put your life in his hands and you trust him. And you know and understand and experience what Hebrews 11.6 says, that without faith it's impossible to please God. You're only in in a position where you have faith when you've surrendered your life to Jesus. And so you need to make sure that you hold on to something you will keep. This life here on this earth, you're fighting tooth and nail. You're afraid, you're scared, you're panicking. But you're not going to hold on to this life. You're going to lose this life with all of its sin and all of its sickness and all of its shame and all the other S's that go along. You're going to lose this life. It's just a matter of when and it's just a matter of how. But it's going to happen. Matthew 16, 25, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Jesus is giving you a promise. It's a promise we don't like to talk about. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. He promises you, if you try and save yourself, you're going to lose your life. He doesn't say maybe. He doesn't say possibly. He doesn't say potentially. He says you shall lose it. He says I'm telling you. Try and save your life. You're going to lose it. Those that refuse to surrender are trying to hold on to their lives. And this illness's greatest destruction has been fear. Nothing has brought more destruction upon the world than fear. I believe with all my heart we have made this disease ten times worse because of fear. In so many ways. I'm not even going to begin to tell you how it made things worse. But I can list it from economics to health, to wealth, to everything. And fear comes because we're trying to hold on to our lives. Fear comes because we're trying to hold on to this life. People are afraid of losing their lives. And as a result of fear, let me tell you something, many people have lost their lives. Do you find yourself worrying because you're trying to hold on to life? If you're worrying because you're trying to hold on to life, Jesus says don't worry because you're going to lose everything anyway. But if you choose self-sacrifice, and if you choose to lose your lives for the glory of Jesus, you will continually discover true love you will continually discover real life. Only you can surrender your life to Jesus. You know, there's no one else anywhere in the universe, there's no one else in any place that can surrender your life for you. Only you can surrender your life to Jesus. If you want to see a life of miracles, you have to surrender your life to Jesus, because if you don't, you won't. When you surrender, it feels like your fle- it feels in your flesh like you're losing. You know, I'm going to give an example when we talk about tithing, and many people don't tithe. And why don't people tithe? Because they feel like they're losing, because their flesh tells them they're losing. <laughs> now, if you can't tithe, how do you trust God in the midst of a pandemic? If you you can't tithe and you haven't got the faith to tithe or to offer like a special offering, how are you going to trust God if a world war breaks out? Or if a volcano were to open up right under your house? When you surrender, it feels to your flesh like you're losing, but this thought is a lie you're not losing you've just been conned by the enemy you're not losing when you surrender your life you're not losing because when you surrender your life to jesus you find true life you find real life you find eternal life i want to tell you something you're surrendering your life to something or someone anyway it may as well be jesus And then, the question that Jesus asked, what can be more valuable than your soul? I want to ask you that today. What can be more valuable than your soul? You see, when your body dies, your soul's still going to be there. What can be more valuable than that? In Matthew 16, verse 26, for what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? What will you give in exchange for your soul? And ladies, please, because the New King James uses man, 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 it includes woman. Jesus was not sexist. We could just as easily say, or what profit is it to a woman if she gains the whole world and loses her soul? Or what shall a woman give in exchange for her soul? If you're living for this world, you will lose your soul. I want to say that to you again. If you're living for this world, you will lose your soul. If you're living for your sexuality, you will lose your soul. If you're living for money, you will lose your soul. If you're living for your soulmate, you will lose your soul. I want you to hear me now. You will lose your soul. I want you to think about the richest men and the richest women in the world. If they don't know Jesus, they've lost their soul. If they die without knowing Jesus, they've lost their soul. You know, these things, iPads, iPhones, Apple Macs, all of those Apple things. The founder of that monstrous organization was a guy named Steve Jobs. He gave out a lot of jobs for people. I think that's why his surname was Jobs. You know what I'm saying? Steve Jobs was one of the richest men in the world. And then he died. And I'm trying to remember. It was around 2009, 2010, 2011, somewhere there. He had pancreatic cancer. And the funny thing is he wasn't that old. You know, I know for some of the youngsters yeah, you think, His age was old but trust me when you get to my age he was young he was a spring chicken he was the fresh prince of ballet you know what i'm saying but he died and i remember at the time this really hit me and we even put it in our uh, our intro at the time for the album recording the active worship album recording the fact that you know one second after you die (laughs) you're poorer than the poorest hobo in the world. You could have been the richest man in the world, but you're poorer than the poorest hobo in the world. One second, in other words, your heart stops. The next second, you're poorer than the poorest hobo, the guy who's living in plastic bags. And at the time, some of you might remember Ronald. And I used him as an example, and he was sitting in the service. And I said, right now, Steve Jobs is poorer than Ronald. Because Ronald's alive. And Ronald can ask people for money and go and buy a pizza. He used to be incredible. He used to come and tell you he hasn't eaten for three days. Meantime, someone else saw he had a big pizza like two hours earlier. You understand what I'm saying? He was an incredible guy. I've never seen a guy who did so little work that never went hungry. (laughs) He was an awesome guy. And a number of times he gave his love. He even came the one time to my wife he went to, We used to have the active shop and he put a dress on. Because it was Mother's Day and only the women were getting the chocolates. So he was demanding a chocolate because he had a dress on. He was ahead of his time with this transgender thing, you know what I'm saying. And I remember one Sunday in 2017, Ronald gave his life. And um, <clears throat> the following Friday was June 16. And that night of June 16, 2017, into June 17, he passed away in the parking lot of the church. But he'd given his life. I believe with all my heart that he's in heaven. Steve Jobs, I don't know that he gave his love. If Steve Jobs never gave his love, and Ronald did, then today Ronald is far richer than him because he has jesus now what good is the comforts of this life if you lose your soul if you want to see a full revelation of jesus in this life if you want to gain eternity then surrender because you gain your soul you gain that which is not gonna die and to gain your soul you've got to apply the blood of purpose Proverbs 4 verse 26 says, Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. You want to be safe? <laughs> you can't keep yourself safe. Get into the purpose of God. And our feet are connected with purpose. Our feet are connected with our purpose because they lead uh, the, uh, because they are what lead us either on the right path or the wrong path. And God has called you to the right path. You get on the right path when you surrender and you start applying the blood of Jesus. You know, the blood that was shed when they put the nails to His feet. And every step we take in life either draws us closer to the perfect purpose and the perfect will of God, or it separates us. Every step separates us further and further from Him. And that is why it's important for our feet to walk in the right direction. That is why it is important for our feet to walk in the direction that the Lord has given us. Imagine for a moment if you're in a car and you stop and you ask for directions. But the person who gives you directions sends you in the wrong direction. Now I want to say this to you. If you're looking at social media more than you're looking at this, you're going in the wrong direction. You're going in the wrong direction. You're going further and further away from God. Imagine now you you, you get directions from this person and now you're busy driving and you think you're getting closer and closer to your destination but you're actually moving further and further away from your destination. And at first you don't even know it. It's only after some time that you realize I'm lost. And something similar happens in the Christian life. If your feet are not heading towards the Lord's perfect purpose, you are simply moving further and further away from Him. And there are many people who believe they do not have a purpose in life. There are many people who believe that there's no reason for them being here Because different circumstances that they've come across, different things that have happened to them, have caused them to think that they're here by accident or by chance. Or that simply no one cares about what they do or don't do. I want to tell you, first of all, you're not here by chance. And secondly, there's a God in heaven that cares deeply about what you do and don't do. Allow me to tell you plainly that your life is not a mistake. You are not... On this earth by chance, you're not a cousin of the monkeys. All of that teaching that tells you that you've got common ancestors yeah, there, and everywhere, that you and the chimpanzee in the zoo, that you guys are cousins, all of that teaching is a lie. You were created in the image of Almighty God, you were created spirit, soul, and body in the image of Him who made everything you were created to rule the earth and you are in this world so that you can reflect the glory of God to the world and the Lord thought about you and he called you to be a part of the most important mission of all that's his mission that's bringing eternity back to a world that has lost eternity Ephesians 2 verse 10 and this is speaking about you it says for we are God's masterpiece He created us anew in christ jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago i want you to repeat this after me but we're going to change it we're going to instead of saying for we are god's masterpiece we're going to say for i'm god's masterpiece he created me anew in christ jesus so i can do the good things he planned for me long ago you see we need to make this personal And so I'm going to read it, I'm going to say it, and then I'm going to ask you to repeat after me, wherever you are, here, at one of the sites, at home, wherever, sick, healthy, who cares? Let's say it together. So repeat after me, say, for I am God's masterpiece. I want you to say that again. You guys are nowhere near serious enough about this. You, you've got to say this with a conviction and with a passion. Even you there at home, wherever you are, listening on the audio, I want you to say it again. Say, for I am God's masterpiece. He has created me anew in Christ. So that I can do the good things. He planned for me long ago. Now listen to this. Jeremiah 1 verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Listen to me very carefully. Obviously, the Lord said this to Jeremiah. He says it to you too. The reason why the nails went through the feet of Jesus was so that you could discover this. And what is God saying to you? saying, before... I formed you in the, in the womb, I knew you. Before the conception happened that started your life, God knew you. Why do you think I'm so passionate in my hatred for abortion? And, and let me tell you, even if you've been involved in an abortion, let me tell you something. Because of the blood of Jesus, you can get back to God. Because everyone who's hated is a murderer everyone. So who of us are not mergers? God can restore you. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. By the way, I knew you. I knew what you were going to do wrong. I knew what mistakes you were going to make. I knew what sins you were going to commit. I knew what part of your life you were going to mess up. Before you were in the room, because he knew you, he, he knew your good things and he knew your bad things. He knew everything. He knew you. <laughs> so how special must you be to God that he knew you before you were even in a, a manifestation in the physical world? Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you before you were born, I set you apart. My purpose was there for your life. I had set you apart for my purpose before you were born. And what is the purpose? I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. You know what a prophet does? They speak to a dying world and you know what they speak? They speak the word of God. You know how they speak? They speak Jesus. You know what they speak? They speak the blood of Jesus. You know what they speak? They speak, the you know they speak? They speak hope. You know what they speak? They speak life. I'm not talking about someone who's a crackpot who's not in reality. I'm not talking about that. Because I know of people who in the midst of terrible times like World War One, spoke hope, spoke life. You know, you can speak life to someone that's dying. You can fill the eyes of someone that is in the throes of dying. You can fill their eyes with hope when you tell them about the new Jerusalem but you can't fill them with hope if you don't have it if you haven't surrendered your life you don't have hope and my prayer is that you're going to understand the joy of surrendering your life (laughs) it's only in the flesh that it looks bad I want to tell you, you will have joy like never before, if you will give your life. Romans 10 verse 8-9 says, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Okay, so you know when you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, that speaks of surrender. He's your Lord. So you've surrendered to Him, now He owns you. The Lord of the manor owned the manor. A manor is like a property, the Lord of the property. So if Jesus is your Lord, it means He owns you. He, he only owns you if you surrender. And it's incredible, He didn't have to give you the choice. He could have forced you to listen to him because he created you. He had the right to do that. But Jesus loves you so much, he says, no, I want a relationship with you as an equal. And I can only have a relationship with you as an equal if you choose to have a relationship with me the same way that I've chosen to have a relationship with you. And he said, and by the way, when I ask you to surrender my life, your, your life to me, I surrender my life to you first. When i died for you on the cross so when i ask you to surrender to me i'm not asking you to do something i haven't already done for you i've already done it and everything that you need has already been done it's done that if we confess with our mouths the lord jesus jesus you own i'm surrendering my life to you and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If God has raised him from the dead, I won't be afraid of COVID. I won't be afraid of any disease. I won't be afraid of crime rates or the the country imploding or whatever might happen. I will have hope. Why? Because even if the worst thing that can happen to me, which is my death, even if that happens, God raised him from the dead. So what am I saved from? I'm saved from an eternity in the grave. that's what I'm saved from so when I die to myself and I'm raised to new life what am I raised to? (laughs) I'm raised out of the grave to the new Jerusalem where the streets are paved with gold where there's no crying there's no sickness there's no pain where the tree of life is there and the leaves of the tree of life the Bible says are there for the healing of the nations The presence of God is there. There's no need for the sun. There's no need for the moon. There's no need for electricity. Why? Because God's glory is there. Not only that, you won't need a torch because Jesus said, if you get there because of surrendering your life to him, you will shine like the sun. It will not be possible for you to be in the darkness because of the glory of the Lord that will be radiating out of you. That is the greatest miracle of all. That that is your eternal destination. Surrender your life to Jesus. Right now. Your eternal destiny is at stake. And here's something I just want to say to you right now. When you come face to face with death and you look death in the eyes, either the potential of your own death, maybe a doctor has given you some bad news, or maybe you're in a situation whereby someone that you love deeply has died. Then you end up in a place where you're staring death in the face. When you're staring death in the face, that is the biggest sign for you of where you stand with the Lord. If there's fear and if you're afraid then the Lord is calling you, come closer to me. Because if you're close to me, you will have a supernatural peace even in the time of death. And you know, the one time I I had a coffee with Angus Buckham, and I don't know if you know the story about him, but he did a Mighty Men's Conference in 2009. And on the Saturday of that conference, he actually collapsed. He collapsed once, then uh, he got up and he said, Amen, Amen, and they took him back to the house, and he collapsed again. When they brought the ECG monitor on him, he'd had a massive heart attack. He was dying. The doctor still spoke about the fact that one of his sons came and asked him, do you think he's going to be able to preach tonight? Because he was supposed to preach, that Saturday night." And the doctor said to him, listen, your father's dying. And when I met Angus Buckham, he told me about that. And he, you know what he said? He said what God showed him there. Is when a believer does they don't feel the pain. God supernatural because that's what he experienced at the time. He was he was literally dying. And he was dying until they put him into a helicopter. They were flying him back to the hospital in Peter Madsburg. And he said, as the helicopter took off and it banked to go towards Peter Madsburg, he saw all the people that were at the Mighty Men's Conference they had been called on the mighty men's radio and everyone had come and they were praying for Angus Buckham. And he said he saw the people praying and in that moment he was healed on that helicopter when he saw the men praying for him. So up until that moment, he was dying. So he's experienced it and he said the Lord gave him a revelation. When a believer goes through that, they won't experience the full pain of it. God will release them from it. He's not the only one I've heard say that. That's how awesome he is. When you surrender your life to Jesus, that's what you're surrendering to. That even your death will be easy to handle because of faith. That's what the Lord's calling you to now. And by the way, we're not preaching death. I'm not ready to go. I don't think you're ready to go. There's many of us that are watching. Maybe we've been afraid, but the Lord's not calling us home yet. We speak life. And so I want you to think about the the fact your eternal destiny is at stake and that Jesus is offering you an altar where he sacrificed himself. He says, you come to that altar, you lay your life down, he will give you his life, which is eternal life. And when you reply to this call, you're saying to God, Lord, now is the time. Lord, I don't want to live like that. I want to commit to you now. I want to submit my life completely to you now. Lord, I can't wait until later because I may not have later. Lord, I can't wait till later because maybe I'll never have a moment like this where you've become real to me again. Lord, I don't want to wait till later because I'm tired of living purposeless. Lord, I want to live for something that's going to live on for eternity. When you're applying, you're saying, Lord, I want to commit to you now because up until this moment, I thought I was not good enough for you. And you've just shown me different. Lord, I want you now. I want to commit to you now. I want to know that when eternity comes beckoning at my door, when death comes my way, that I will be okay because I'll be with you, that you will be with me. That my death won't affect me because I'll know that I'm going to live with you for eternity. And so right now I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. If you're at home and you're feeling the Lord's calling you either to come back to Him, to recommit your life to Him, or to give your life to Jesus for the first time, I'm going to ask you to, to send an email to info at to tell us, I'm giving my life to Jesus if you're here or at one of the other sites then i'm going to ask you the same thing that you're going to raise your hand so that we can know because you need someone that's involved with you to bless you and guide you amen i'm going to ask everyone right now put your right hand on your heart and as you put your right hand on your heart i want you to visualize jesus I want you to remember that he died for you on the cross. I want you to remember that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that blood that had the power to save you over 2,000 years ago has the power to save you right now. Because his work that he did on Calvary stands once and for all. The blood that he shed was the price that he paid and it's the blood that will wash our sins away. I want you to see your sins being washed away right now. I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. Say, Lord, Lord God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me. I repent of everything that I've done wrong. I renounce my life of sin. And I accept your sacrifice. Because Jesus, I know it was the price you paid for my redemption. And today, Lord, I ask that the blood of your wounded body would wash me of all my rebellion, all my sin, would set me free from any sickness and from any pain. And I accept that my debt has been paid, that there is no standing balance. You paid everything for me at the cross of Calvary. And I accept that by your blood, I am justified. And you see me as I've never sinned. And that by your blood, I'm sanctified. I've been set apart. And you've chosen me to serve you. And Lord, I so badly want to serve you. And so I open the door of my heart. And I invite you to come in as my Lord and my Savior. I thank you for saving me. And for giving me eternal life. I thank you, Jesus. Amen.